Welcome to the Wrestler Review. We are continuing with Jiggly July. And this week we are doing the yellow dog himself. About to Barry Windham. Who's that in the bushes? Uh-oh, it's a stalker. <laughs> who's that guy who's tired in the ring because he yeah. likes Lay's chips a lot? Yeah. Barry Windham, everybody. Let me say this right off the bat as I'm just musing on the fact his gimmick was the stalker. Musing. Um, so they were like a half step away from just calling him the rapist, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he's stalking and killing people. If it was the Attitude Era, he would have been the rapist, yes. Like, he would have got the Dean Malenko Lita treatment. He would have just been, eh, so you pee, Lita, let's have a match, Jeff Hardy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and in this corner, hailing from that van in the schoolyard. Actually, no, they wouldn't have done a rapist in the dub. If he was in ECW... He would have been the rapist Barry Windham. No, if he was in ECW, he would have been, oh my God, look, it's Barry Windham. Like, it would have been like the one of those things where everyone was like, ECW was great because they were monsters, but anytime, if they would have had Barry Windham, like a former NWA champion, I don't, I don't know if they, they would have been, no, they totally would have been like, holy shit, we made it. And Barry Windham would like, where's my 50 bucks? I need butter. Okay, way too much energy for Barry Windham. Allow me to do my Barry Windham impression. Um, uh, it's good to be, um, I, uh, <laughs> spot on. <sighs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm really sad my dad died. Who did he, who did he wrestle in his debut match, John? Um, I, uh, J.J. Dillon. <sighs> J.J. Dillon. I think... Um, Pretty full circle for him. Well, I liked uh, um, wrestling J.J. was... Um, his name's... Uh, it's easy to spell. It's just too... Uh, <sighs> <laughs> it's two letters together. So if you're typing it, you could hit both those letters at the... Uh, I think the high point... A very Wyndham's career. <laughs> that was a very accurate impression. <laughs> but it was shit. <laughs> You're shit. <laughs> He's fucking... Him talking moves quicker than me having a fucking... If I ate liquid cement and was trying to shit it out. Like, he just... He is the very... He was, was kind of weird because he's a victim of... Uh, it's odd timing because he as a promo is just so normal and in the ring he's so good so it's like he could he just as wrestling kind of grew into what it was like he pretty much went from company to company just because it was like yeah you're good at wrestling but like that's not what happens anymore yeah so. barry windham is a very good typewriter repairman in 2004 when they're like yeah that's not a thing anymore Please just let me wrestle. Can I just... No, don't uh, let me wrestle. I don't give a shit. Listen, I wear fingerless gloves in the ring, though, for no apparent reason, so it's pretty <laughs> good. One thing I like about Barry Windham is you can see as his push uh, as his push goes down, like where they're like, maybe you're not maybe you're not a world champion. Maybe you're like the TV champion. He's like, all right, well, if I wrestle 30 minutes instead of 60 minutes, you're going to see my body turn to shit because <laughs> I do not work out. <laughs> yeah. Like, he, he would like... I watched... Um, he has 1970s genetically be blessed body. Like, 
that's he's doing nothing but drinking and like he looks fine like <laughs> thank fuck for a fast metabolism or the nwa championship yeah. would have been held at one point by a man who looks like an acorn that's been through a microwave like he and also no muscle definition in the arms for someone that like they're always sort of saying like six foot five man with no muscle definition it, it's funny because he's like randy orton off like you can see if randy orton just didn't care he would look like barry windham yeah because they have the exact same body. It's funny how they have kind of the same attitude towards women. Ooh, explain it. I, I was just trying to make a. You just assume. <laughs> I just assume. No, the best the best moment of Barry Windham's career let me is say when this he, right now. If sorry. you're rocking a skullet in a ponytail right now, you do not listen to the opinion of a woman. <laughs> <laughs> no woman is going. That's a good idea. They're going. Barry, fucking shave your fucking head. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, tell you this. Yeah, I'm fucking, you're lucky that I can't find my fucking fingerless gloves or I'd punch you. Here's what I like. <laughs> All right, this is my highlight of Barry Windham's career. Then we'll go moving through chronologically. When he comes back in 1998 as one of the horsemen, and then Ric Flair says, and then Bischoff comes out and he says, you don't have the ability to sign people, Ric Flair. You don't sign the checks around here. Ted Turner does, and I control his checkbook. And then Ric Flair goes, oh, yeah? Whoopi Dummy's in town, and he's going to tear up your wife. And then Barry <laughs> Windham goes, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tear up your wife. Bischoff, BW's in town. And then he just keeps being like, <laughs> he's like, well, he's not hired. And then he's like, oh, yeah? Well, he's going to rape your wife. <laughs> tear. I never associate tear with a good time. I do miss W. He's going to tear up your girlfriend. Here's the Bischoff. best part about late times Eric Bischoff storyline WCW before they bring in Vince Russo. It's like, what do you mean Barry Windham was there? He's like, yeah, he had a friend who worked at WCW who probably called him and was like, Barry, do you want to make six figures for a couple of years? Because they're just giving that to people. And he's like, yeah, okay. And keep in mind where that storyline went, which was he then became Kurt, Kurt Henning's friend. Yeah. Wasn't part of the NWO. was just Kurt Henning's friend. Yeah. And then that grew to everyone's favorite fucking WCW angle. The West Texas Rednecks. Rap is, is crap. crap. And I love that by the end of it, Barry Windham wasn't as good a wrestler as Kendall Windham. <laughs> <laughs> Kendall. My name's Kendall. Can I hang out? No. Barry Windham no, towards Kendall. the end of it wasn't as good of a wrestler as Shane in the fucking West Texas Rednecks. So good. Well, let's start uh, Let's start with the much promise of Barry Windham. Okay. He goes, uh, forms a tag team uh, with Mike Rotunda, Windham and Rotunda, where I assume Mike Rotunda bones his sister for the first time or whatever. Uh, he probably got a fucking taste of that sweet mm. wind. Mm, more like a wind tunnel. That's what her nickname How was. How is she in bed? A lot of just lying down. She doesn't even lift her legs. That's our way. <laughs> <laughs> We're Windhams. We yeah. don't do shit. Yeah. Our family crest is a uh, is a lion that appears dead but is actually sleeping so deeply it's decaying. <laughs> <laughs> When we went to the hospital, to uh, she was actually against it. Oh, why? She wanted a home birth? Nah, she just didn't want to move. <laughs> Done. Labor took seven minutes. Uh, she's the only lady that uh, demanded a train be ran on her so her vagina would be so stretched out that the baby marched down her birth. <laughs> Rip is good. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's talk about Barry Windham. Let's talk about a guy 
who um, I guess we earlier this month we did a big show, and Yoko, and Barry isn't. Barry is very different in that he is his soul is fat. <laughs> like he just doesn't appear. Big Show and Yokozuna, they're both like, oh man, they gained weight, but they're almost more effective as character because their whole thing is they're big. Right? Yeah. They're big, and that's why you go, you go, it's that carnival thing where look at the world's fattest man is here. Or look, the big, look yeah. how fucking big that guy is. Barry Wendemann's <laughs> like, is that a mechanic? Yeah. No. no. Barry Wyndham has never been advertised as, look, a relatively lethargic gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the tired man will suplex yeah. now. I know. You've often wondered, what would it be like if that dude your mom married was a professional wrestler? Well, now it's your turn to find out the guy who looks like he owns a deck building company enters the ring next. <laughs> um, it was a huge hot prospect. It was essentially he was the first blue chipper, second generation, trained by a multitude of people um, in the territories. Was sort of a, one of the last great territory champions. Was sort of sent to Florida to learn how to be a heel. Sent to the Carolinas to learn how to be a face. Was picked up by the uh, Four Horsemen. He's considered the linchpin of one of the classic Horsemen lineups, along with Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson and Ric Flair. Ric Flair considers him the best, um, like big man. Of the four horsemen. A big advantage for Barry Windham is Barry Windham never really threatened Ric Flair's rule and always sort of kowtowed to him, which is why Ric Flair will give him respect, unlike anyone else who would eventually go on to be slightly better than Ric Flair. And then Ric Flair was something like, marginal worker. I never understood the whole thing about Bret Hart. Oh, you mean the guy that, like, Vince McMahon. He's not a true champion. Yeah, Vince McMahon put the title on after you and you suddenly don't respect his in ring ability. Interesting. Interesting that there, Rick. Woo! He's the interesting thing about Wyndham is he's in the ring. I will say specifically this: uh, in the eighties, he was so fucking like good at both. He was good at both psychology so well, absolutely, like, and also doesn't wrestle like a big man, but can use it when he needs to. You know what yeah. I mean? We'll use it against guys, and I have a hard time looking at him as a big man. Maybe because I, you know, we grew up on WWF where. Big guys aren't six five; they're like six ten. Yeah, um, but you put them in the NWA when it's like yeah, not when everyone's everyone, when everyone's normal size. Yeah, everyone's normal size and not using steroids, and he looks fucking badass. Also, like little things like in the eighties, he did have the fucking bicycle gloves, and there was something about that in the ring where every, a lot of people are just in like beige tights with not even yeah. a taped wrist. Like there was something to that that gave him a a different spice, but a fucking. Wow, he got lazy fast. And but let's talk about when he wasn't lazy. La- All right, Barry Wyndham was May at the, the year <laughs> 1982. At the peak of him, and I understand what it, I I I can say understand, but it, I mean we've all had like when you're kind of like a when you're not totally in control of your own destiny and what your career is about, like we are type thing, you have months where you're like super motivated and because you have a big thing coming up and you do everything to the best of your ability. Yeah. And then it seems like when Wyndham was those four years, three, four years when he was like top guy at the top of the card. Because you have to remember, even when he was like, he was a baby face, he was wrestling Flair and then he's in the Horseman, so he's already a top guy. And then he's wrestling with Arn Anderson. He's wrestling the Road Warriors, and that's a top guy position. Yeah. And then he starts getting, uh, like, kind of pushed down the card. Uh, eventually, like, but he's still having thirty-minute matches, and they're still great matches. But I understand, like, 
he just got fat and he probably just wasn't motivated to get thin again because there was no reason to because wrestling has now changed. It's not southern wrestling where you go out there, you tell that son of a bitch he's gay, and then it's a 30-minute goddamn match where there's a draw, and then the next month there's a 45-minute match and it's a draw, and then the next month you got to have that 60-minute main event, baby. And then you and then one of you guys and it goes to overtime and then you and then one guy wins with a roll up after so much and you shake goddamn hands cuz you're both men. God damn it, and that's why you have erections because it's the competition that makes you physically aroused. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I understand uh, that. But him at the top of his game, wrestling sixty minutes against Flair as a babyface, is kind of weird because you—he looks like a dick. Like he looks like a dick. Yeah. So I couldn't really buy into him as a babyface, which kind of made the switch to heel uh, a lot better. But. That guy could fucking bump, and he elicited he, up, I would say up there with, with Bret Hart as far as eliciting sympathy off a bump as a babyface. Whoa! I just blew y'all minds. Um, just watch any Flair Wyndham match and watch how that guy bumps because he really gives it a uh, hundred and ten on bumps. As lazy as that dude was outside of the ring, once he got in the ring, he was a fucking. You can see why Dusty loved him so much. Oh, like, absolutely. When he fucking goes, he can really so fucking turn fucking it on. Smooth. And it's also one of those things where even in terms of the way he sells things in sort of promos when he's with the horseman afterwards, yeah, he has an amazing way of being a cocky asshole and using the fact that he knows people don't like him yeah, completely to his advantage. You want the fucking Steiner brothers to feed him his fucking lunch on the, uh, the Starcade that's with the, I think it's the Road Warriors actually, where it's with the Black Scorpion. Where it's him and yeah, it's him and Aaron against the Road Warriors in a Chicago street fight. Mm-hmm. That whatever that is, I think that's, I think that's a Starcade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a Starcade. Um, you just you're just like there's something about his fucking face and his arrogance. He walks the ring. He, he he's doing similar something similar that Shane Douglas did as the franchise early on, which is just this fucking captain of the football team. Like, I fuck people. <laughs> Do you have a pussy? No, I'm a man. Go get it fucking changed. You're my next bitch. Like that. <laughs> he has that in space. But what is so frustrating about Barry Windham, even me watching now in preparation for this episode, is I'm like, this guy never really capitalized that. He didn't really go anywhere. He could have been an amazing Hulk Hogan opponent, for fuck's sake. And he just doesn't give a fuck. Well, the he the part you could see the parts of wrestling that were hard for him, and he just didn't want to do those things. Yeah, like, like promos. <laughs> but like promos, I mean because there's guys like Eddie Guerrero who are amazing in the ring and then kind of get the charisma thing like 10 years in. Yeah. Mark Henry, for Christ's sake. Mark Henry got his fucking shit down with the yelling in the ring and his promos, fu- like the fucking fake retirement segment was so good. Yeah, He's a guy who worked hard and then eventually it all clicked, whereas Wyndham... If he would have worked hard on promos, then he would have eventually would have clicked. You could see that he would have found something, but he just never did. He took what people gave him and was Completely, like, "All right, I'm the stalker. Probably All right, why, I'm the widowmaker. Who cares?" It's also probably why that he um, he didn't do well in the early run of the WWF, and he was in there as part of the US Express. Was he US Express? Yeah, or with, the uh, with Tondo. With Tondo, were they the USA connection? US Express. They were the US Express. Fucking pop quiz, hot shot. What was their theme song? 
Real American. Yeah, it was Real American. They were the original people that used I Real American. Well, Hulk Hogan used Eye of the Tiger. Um, whoever wrote copyrights. I, I, Frank Stallone wanted cash for that fucking song. And Vince McMahon went, too bad. Not using that anymore. Now he's a Real American. Uh, um and I think that's probably why he didn't like being in the Fed because Vince probably would have pushed him to improve his promos. And when you watch the interview they give in WrestleMania One going out to the ring, it is fucking weird. Like, because it's—I don't know if you've watched WrestleMania One at all recently. I watched it about a year ago, but it's very bizarre. But they do it much more like boxing, where like they show the card and they keep bringing up like where yeah. we've been. If you watch even UFC, UFC does that where they'll like remark on matches before and they'll go to like the back every time. And they're actually in a locker room as opposed to the locker room set they'd cart around everywhere. And it's like, U.S. Express, you're up next. How do you feel? Uh, yeah. Like, it's just, it's, it, it takes away from the whole thing. And, and I, I find Barry Wyndham one of the most frustrating wrestlers we've reviewed because I just imagine some of the stuff he could have done if he had given I, I'm saying this is the third time. Because what he this. did was spectacular, too. In ring, it would have been spectacular, and he could have been the full fucking package. Yeah. Well, you can see, like, what I say with the sympathy with the bumps is he's one of the guys, one of the guys who I've seen where, like, you look at a guy, tall, thin guys, you, all right, you're looking at, like, let's just say two off the, uh, Orton, who will bring up probably, because there's a lot of thorough lines between them. Um, yeah, they both similar to shitting in people's bags. Oh, oh Homer. Um, and then uh, and then Jake the Snake. And when they both bump, no one, like, flopped around like Barry Wendham did? Like, he it looked like he was fucking uh, Gumby at certain points. The way he would take suplexes and uh, the and the clothesline he would do was like so. It just like he was so good at selling. Like this is my last. This is the last ditch effort I have to like try and get this guy out of here. And even when he's fat, like he has like great matches with stunning Steve Austin. In like '92, when WCW is just like you, what we are, Southern as fuck. I'm stunned. Oh, yeah. was he in the? Uh, oh yeah, was he in Colonel Robert Parker's? No, he wouldn't have been because. Uh, no, he was babyface then. Uh, this is like Wyndham feuding with the Dangerous Alliance type styles. Um, he was so smooth in the ring. Um, the float over suplex, like the only guy I've seen it do it, it sounds weird, but the only guy I've seen kind of do it that well was really Van, Rob Van Dam. I mean, float over suplex, you can't be like, oh, this is 1997, what's his finishing move? A suplex, but then immediately brings him, so it makes sense, you know? Um, or like, oh, it's a clothesline where he kind of slaps his neck with his hand. So, so obviously the stuff kind of aged quickly, uh, but he was very, he was very like, yeah, I'll say it again. Smooth in the ring. Um, he would have been a really good nineties guy because he like looks like a dick. He would have like, he would have been good in the nineties just cause he automatically has an edge to him. I, I disagree. He wouldn't have been good. Cause he looks 90s. like a you're, shitty but guy. You're looking at if nine, like nineties fed with how he looked 90s in WCW, he wouldn't have been good because he would have st he would have stood out really... B like, he would have looked fucked. Like, next to all those... You know what I mean? Like, because you have Lex Luger, you have all these people that are built with unique bodies, and then this dude who looks like a thumb just in the ring. You know what I mean? I wouldn't say a thumb. I'd say, like, a index finger? Either way, like, he's... Like a, like, like a working man's index finger. I'm going like to say post-88, he starts where you're just like... 
Oh, come on, man. Like, at least put on a shirt. Like, he definitely did that thing that WCW loved doing, which is like, and this man does not work out, and he's not hiding it. <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing jeans in this match because he doesn't want to show his legs. Yeah. Yeah, he got he got a hashtag dad bod pretty quickly. Yeah, he got a dad bod if, like, the dad had a tumor in his stomach. Like, he gets... He leans down when he becomes the stalker, and he looks abhorrent. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's he's not a Vince McMahon-type wrestler. Like, if NWA-style wrestling would have just stayed around, I think uh, Wyndham would be far more... Did you rip ass? No, it's just how like, I smell. It's just um, it smells like rotten chicken all of a sudden. I think he would have been way more widely known if, if NWA-style wrestling would have stuck around, because he was, like as good he was as good a professional wrestler as i don't know who would you say who would you say is like a promo who's just shit in the ring it's like the exact opposite it's the, he's the classic he's a classic nwa mid carter could have been a top carter guy was a champion the midnight express suffer from the same problem and that no one really remembers them the rock and roll express are going the same way magnum ta was all right at promos a tully blanchard fucking Tully, who's got the cocaine? Just kidding. I already did it. Blanchard. Very, I would say he's very similar to Wyndham in that. Although I don't think so. I think Tully's a far better promo than uh, Barry Wyndham is. But I'm saying that if you're going NWA style where promo is sort of like 10% of the package, but in the ring doesn't matter to those fans because they just get it done in the ring. Is that sort of the the, the point I'm kind of trying to make? Is that Yeah, I get that's you. The, the Fed, especially in the 90s, none of those guys really worked because you all had to talk and also their body shapes. I'm trying, but he's, I'm, you're right. I can't think of a good enough example that's the same where it's just like they could never get it done. You can kind of see, I want to say in ring style, you can kind of see the subtlety difference between like, because you would think like a Wyndham kind of comes up as a threat after Magnum has his accident. And the way they differentiate. Wyndham from Magnum is pretty much like, whereas Magnum would be like, I'm a badass and I'm going to kick the fucking shit out of you. Yep. I wear I came a pilot in here jacket. on a motorcycle. I fit so many gay niches. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. Um, whereas Barry Wyndham is like kind of, yeah, like I said, he's like, it's a, it's a weirdly like a, like a Southern Bret Hart. Like I'm, I'm trying so hard. Take me seriously. Like, I can't, it just comes across that he'll do anything to win, but uh, he'll he'll do anything to win, and he's. I mean, I'm just gonna say the exact same thing over and over again. I'm so sorry. Do it. He'll do he'll do the anything to win, and he's trying his goddamn best to like, get saying, on my side. Are you saying that Barry Windham's career could be summed up by the Meatloaf song? I would do anything for love the good parts but yes. i won't do that what i specifically mean is promo or enter a gymnasium anytime at all barry could you uh do a promo uh where you're mad at what having to work and fine yeah. i don't want to be here i don't want to be here first of all you're, you're talking and yelling which are two things that he never did i like to lie down i, I want to lie Just down yeah I um, I don't uh, don't think that this match is gonna go well for my opponent. Um, cause I uh, like he's got a wife, and I'm the widowmaker, so I'm gonna assume that uh, by the end of this, I will have made her a widow. 
because um, they call me the Widowmaker. We're going to be back after this quick break. I don't think it's going to be that quick of a... Uh, John is going to be doing this impression I just for the rest of the show. Like, I never really learned how to tell time because my dad said that, like, if you know how a clock works, then you might have to move like one. Rest of the time. And I'm not... Uh, rest of the show, this impression, guys unsubscribe <laughs> let me tell you this about uh, one of my secret favorite things is Dylan got looks at when I do an impression of a wrestler or he hates it and when he hates it he gets this look on his face like he's smiling but he's sort of smiling in that way that like a dad who does not want his son in the choir <laughs> smiles I guess I gotta go to this shit now yeah. alright we're gonna be back after the break here's why I don't like choirs Doris cause there ain't no fucking points more about BW because he's going to tear up your wife. <laughs> oh my God. Hello, this is Dylan God and John Hastings. And sorry to interrupt Dylan God and John Hastings from talking about wrestling. But right now, we need to ask you to rate, subscribe, and review the wrestler review on iTunes. It really helps us out. We do this podcast for free. We have, we've been so lazy, we haven't even set up one of those PayPal things. Not only that, we won't set up PayPal things because wrestling fans have integrity and no money. And no money. No fucking mm-hmm. money. But what we do have is uh, existence on this plane. So please let us know that you're out there. Email us at wrestlerreview at gmail.com. Like us on Twitter, the Wrestler Review. Follow us on Instagram. At Wrestler Review on Twitter and Instagram. And um, now back to an episode that's going incredibly well. Sorry about that. I thought I was getting an important phone call, and instead it was a telemarketer wanting to know if I was in a car accident. I'll tell Uh-oh. you what else was a car accident. The stalker Barry Wyndham. Segway, segways. Everyone loves a Segway. Dylan, so you love a Segway. You were saying this. All right, how long <laughs> we were, did he take to stop wearing that goddamn makeup? He debuted in the late summer, yep. 1996, by Survivor Series. Not only no more makeup, he was just wearing a WWF shirt. The international Tommy Dreamer sign for let's lose, baby. Yeah. Here's here's what I like about Barry Wyndham. And let's never forget where he was built from as the stalker. The environment. <laughs> the entire environment. Yeah. He's built, yeah, him and David Suzuki are coming from the same place. Oh, what a fucking great joke for just the Canadians. <laughs> yeah, 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 the microphone on my dick because now everyone's going to get hard. Now, do you think that... No, I don't. It would have kind of worked if he had like a move where it was like from anywhere. Nah, main baby. Like if they gave him the diamond cutter. Yeah. Which why the fuck they never stole? Like that's it took them so long to be like steal the diamond cutter. Oh yeah, because Barry Windham does have the same like the Diamond Dallas Page body where it's like tall and thin. Oh, I mean in theory thin. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> but in reality no. Yeah. Here's the di- the biggest difference between Diamond Dallas Page and Barry Windham could be the same guy. The only difference is. Barry Windham's attitude to performance was no. <laughs> it's weird that he they kept him around in the late '90s so much. Like he just kept. I didn't realize that guy. Re- that guy wrestled till 2000. Like, is there any? When you watched re- like you, we all both seriously watched a lot of wrestling. I'm assuming for those four years, oh like '96 and '2000. And is there a man that made less of an impression on you than Barry Windham? I didn't. Mike Enos, I remember more than Barry Windham. I remember fucking Mike Shaw, the leader of the Natural Born Thrillers. No, Mike Sanders. Mike Sanders. You don't remember 
Mike Sanders. Mike Sanders. Uh, he had a nickname, but I forgot it. I think it was Smooth Mike. I don't fucking know. I remember fucking uh, fucking Norman Smiley. Norman Smiley. I fucking love Norman Smiley. Ah! 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 <laughs> he would wrestle hardcore matches in a football helmet, and you're just like, why doesn't everyone just do that? that I fucking love that kid. That was one of the best late WCW gimmicks ever, where he was the hardcore champion, and he kept the wiggle. The big wiggle? The big wiggle, and he kept coming in. He should have came in. Who? Norman Smiley? Yeah. To the Fed? Yeah. We all know why that didn't happen. Why? Black people. Oh. <laughs> like They're not equal. They're not equal. That's how many what black Vince people McMahon do you think Vince McMahon lets on the roster at any one time? Do you think... Now, we are recording this ahead of time. Uh, no, this is actually coming out this week. Ooh. Okay, cool. Uh, so... It, has there been an ad for All Lives Matter on WWE TV yet? <laughs> no. There <they're>, will be. <laughs> yeah, but he won't. This man's going to come out in a suit, and you're going to be like, oh, he's going to say that Shane, and, Shane gets raw or Stephanie gets raw and the other gets smacked down. He'll be like, All Lives Matter. I agree with what they said. I agree with the boys in blue. I bet you that Shelton Benjamin has been hired, and now I'm going to fire him. I guarantee that it has been discussed in the back. It was like, uh, Vince, how are we going to break up the new day? Get the corpse of the big boss man to shoot one of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Call the boss man. He's dead. I'll be the boss man yeah. then. Get me his, get me his uniform. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Vince McMahon is not a fun boy. <laughs> you do know that that had to... That, my, that's if they're doing a brainstorming session. Fergus, Fergus, Kansas on a pole match. <laughs> Jesus Christ! How about it's like Ferguson? Yeah. But um, we get some of the real protesters, and I actually murder some of them. <laughs> yeah. Lefty fucks. Yeah, we call this a Dallas police officer on a pole match. <laughs> <laughs> I think that at this point. If Vince McMahon just said a normal thing, that people would be so impressed. Um, Can I just say before we go back to Barry Windham, this is what this is what would blow my mind if I am just walking to a room and Vince McMahon is quietly eating a sandwich. I'm, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> if Vince McMahon just calmly asked someone for a coffee and said thank you, I'd be like. Oh my god, I have to get on the internet right now, <laughs> fellas, fellas, fellas. He treated a human like a human. Oh wait. He's now fucking the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> no way, he's fucking a coffee. Nothing to write home about here. Yeah. Whereas Vince McMahon is a go-getter. I feel like uh, here's why I really like Barry Windham. You could be like <laughs> Jake the Snake, man. If he didn't do crack, he like could have been one of the best of all time. He really could have been <laughs> Jake the Snake. If Barry Windham, <sighs> if Barry Windham didn't wear Depends because he thought going to the bathroom was a bit too much for him. Hey, shit, my pants, I don't want to move. But here's what's also crazy about Barry Windham and proves that, like, if you go along to get along in the wrestling business, people will keep hiring you because oh, yeah. he was never a problem. Like, it was like, we need you to wrestle for five minutes. And he was like, that's exactly the length of time I'm going to work. <laughs> <laughs> he was good. But the thing is, he was a very good wrestler. You lose sight of the fact of that, like, I mean, when he's bag of shit Barry Windham in like the late '90s, in starting in the early '90s, but then moving into the late '90s. But like, yeah, I mean, he looks like shit, but this guy could still put on a good match, and he's still fucking super smooth in the ring. Oh yeah, like he carried the new Blackjacks as far as they were gonna go, which was a good year until they were like, you know what, this is even making Leather Daddies upset. 
<laughs> well, I think the new Blackjacks was basically like, all right. And that was when I watched the new Blackjacks. That was another impression I got from when I was a kid where I'm like, because Bradshaw was like, oh, that guy's a rough and tumble guy. And this other dude just seems to be watching laundry dry on a clothes hanger. Well, they would literally be like, and Bla- Blackjack Wyndham, son of Blackjack uh, Mulligan. Yeah. Or nephew or something. He's really, yeah, his dad is Blackjack yeah, Mulligan. Yeah, yeah. And then Bradshaw, like the prodigal son, future of the, the Blackjack dynasty. And they're like, this guy got the job because his dad used to do it. And this other guy is good at his job. Like, <laughs> Well, it's like, and then after years of uh, Wyndham kind of being, not even an underdog, but like, uh, I'm a professional wrestler and I'm very good at it. And this character is supposed to be, he's a tough ass. And it's yeah. just like, well, one of you guys looks intimidating and the other guy just looks like he's waiting in line. Like one of the guys, he just looks like he's lost at a home hardware the entire time. I wonder if Terry Funk is just always angry at Barry Windham. Like Terry Funk, who's like, where are your knees? Well, I got to screw them in every morning with a drill. Is still at, like, he's still doing a moonsault into his middle 70s. And Barry yeah. Windham is like probably at a Home Depot, like just hanging out. Wait for free coffee on like Thursdays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, is it Thursday yet? No, Barry. You could just get a calendar. What all that moving a paper? You want to tell you tell you a secret? You can just go to a paint store, pretend to buy paint. They'll give you a coffee. You stand in there all day. That's how I fill my Thursdays. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna stand up, sleep now, cause <laughs> lying, lying down, frankly, just I don't like it. Barry Windham strikes me as the kind of guy that the old men at the Tim Hortons that are all sat around drinking coffee talking about farm stocks, they look down on him in terms of... (laughs) I don't think so. I think, like what you said, go along to get along is very... Because his career... His career... The stalker thing, he they give him that gimmick. Vince, he's like, and I get paid for this? And Vince is like, yes. And then he's like, all right. So he goes, gets the gimmick, and then basically it doesn't work two weeks in, and he's kind of looking at Vince, being like, yeah, this is working. I'm going to stop basically doing the gimmick. <laughs> I'm going to get a T-shirt. I'm not putting on the face point. So then he does that, jobs out a bit, forms new blackjacks, I'm assuming as like a player coach thing where they're just like, teach this Teach this bully to wrestle. Yeah. And then he's like, all right, well, here's how you do suplex. I don't want to learn suplex. I want to learn clothesline. Where's the stock market? <laughs> and then you're like, okay, well, you don't want to learn. Lariat, 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 buy stock, Nortel stock, Lariat, Nortel stock. <laughs> Lariat. I'm uh, like Stan Hansen, except I'm shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm like Stan Hansen, only Stan Hansen was justified in the people he knocked the eyeball out. Instead, oh, when yeah, someone says eyeball. something mean about me on the internet i'm gonna punch him in the face was that the story of the blue meanie he wrote a blog and then no he wrote a blog about how bradshaw was a bully asshole and then bradshaw, which bradshaw that. was and then he beat him up on live television and it apparently like it really fucking pissed everyone off because the, the, they had video evidence and like blue meanie was just like that's what happens and like the internet now where was I? There was an internet video or something like that, which it was basically Stephen Richards was just like, "No, we're he'll fuck it. We're gonna fucking sue." And then they were like, "You two get contracts for a bit." And yeah. Then he was like, "And blew me to put it in the ring." And then apparently, I didn't know this, which is Stephen Richards then got fucking JBL back. Oh yeah, with that fucking chair shot. Because that was you were not supposed to go for the head, and he walks in the ring and just like, bam, fuck. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that, but that looks like it, just any chair shot. No, well, that not not after the Benoit. No, because that's like that's I think after Benoit. Yeah. Is it after Benoit? It's funny that no, Steve- it's not after Benoit. No, it's before because that was the first one I stand. Yeah. Well, Steve is, and it's really interesting how Stevie Richards is also like. Blue Meanie is my boyfriend. <laughs> I don't even care that people are... Stevie are, Richards is another guy that is almost... He's an anti-Wyndham. And that, like, Stevie Richards is, like... he's He has a career because he's he will do anything and will attempt to, like, excel. For fuck's sakes, they gave him a gimmick for a while of he's the guy who wrestles on Sunday Night Heat. And he was be like, yep, I'll do that. I'll well, do he just that. tries... He just tries really the, hard and he really likes it. I'm going to do the Stevie kick and you know what? Doesn't matter. I'll never get the championship. It's a I got a, a different type of belt. One that I put on one loop at a time that's paid for in full <laughs> by a little thing I like to call hard work. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was fucking great. I mean, well, I want to do a Stevie Richards episode, but I mean, let's do it one time because he was great as the right to censor. Guy. Oh, my God. Like, great. But I'm just now in my head. I'm going through all these fucking nothing gimmicks that people did. But just like a like, hard work guy like Barry Windham. There's a difference between not yelling to get focus like Jake did, and there's a difference between not willing, just letting words flop out of your mouth like wet towel. Yeah, just like, like I think Arn Anderson gave a shoot. Like it's a minute and a half shoot interview, which is crazy. How no one has anything. I think this is the longest recorded thing on Barry Windham, even Barry Windham talking about it himself. Um, well, there's things recorded, but they're unusable because it's just. Muttering, Silence yeah. so sucking you deafen. <laughs> <laughs> but Barry Windham, uh, a shoot interview on Anderson gave was a minute and a half long. What he said about Barry Windham was like he just loved his couch, and that's fine. <laughs> he just said that's what he said. He's like Barry would have gone a lot of places, but he loved his couch. And then Dusty Rhodes, in his like promoter Carnival Barker style, was like, "Baby, he loved his couch too." <laughs> like, what a because it se- it seems like with this guy there'd be this drama of nothing but like exactly like you said they were like we're going to make you the world champion that's fun uh you're going to lose the title that's fun uh you want the TV title uh but then I'd have to carry it like there's a there's an interview where he talked about how he didn't like carrying titles because you have to check them and stuff at the airport and then you watch there's a stunning Steve versus Barry Windham match where Wyndham wins the title with a roll-up, but then Austin hits him with the belt and takes it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, holy shit. Wyndham probably asked for that to be the, like, that was the one time he put his foot down. He's like, all right, I got to put my foot down. You're already winning the match. No, I don't want to carry that. How about he carries it? I'll lose it. I don't care. I don't want to carry it. I put my underwear in my pocket, so I don't, I don't have bag. Barry, are you stuffing your crotch? No, that's just a bunch of candy because I want to eat it, but I don't want to carry a bag. I carry everything in my pants. Again, your problem with your Barry Windham impression is it's far too well paced. No, I'm doing like if you watch, I'm doing Fat Baby, and you're doing like my you, grandfather. No, but if you watch his fucking kayfabe commentaries of his WCW timeline, I think of like 1992. Well, I'm sorry, trying to inject some entertainment. But this is literally <laughs> what he, he's like. Um, so. Ric Flair walks out of the company, and the company is in turmoil, and this is essentially signaling the end of the NWA. You as an NWA insider, and your father was one of the great pillars of that organization. Um, how do you feel about it? Um, something happened, I guess. 
he's very much a case study in like if you look at the my dad did this thing and he got really far and then your dad just being like those uh earbud stuff uh then my then your dad being like do this son and you're like all right and then he does it and he's good at it and everyone's like wow you're really good and he's like sweet and then it's just like you know you have to try harder he's like yeah you know like my, uh sorry my dad did this and that's why i do it so now we do and then that intergenerational too because there's Wyndham rotundo we know is bray wyatt and um he's fucking great to, he care i mean he cares so much more than his than his like uncle <laughs> but um, bray wyatt has hawaiian shirts that have given more stellar and well Let's fucking yeah. I guess that's the difference between the generation where it's like we are Bray Wyatt's like, can I not wear a shirt? That and then Barry Windham's like, can I wear a shirt? Can you imagine trying to get advice from your your dad who's just like, listen, I worked really hard, and uh, whatever gimmick they give you, you got to make it work for you because you only get one shot. Uh, Uncle, what advice do you have? If you go to catering <laughs> to get puddings and. Uh, Here's what you do. You get the bag. You get a baggy. Bag, bag heavy. Bag big. <laughs> Doing like, wear, wear four fanny packs. Four fanny packs around yourself, touched in. Then you put the candy in the fanny pack. You put the underwear in one fanny pack and uh, one pair of socks. You don't need shirt pants. You uh, wear the same shirt pants every day. Remember this. Um, if... Uh if a woman, if you don't want to check it, then uh, lies down on the bed, you <laughs> tell her you lie down on the bed. You sit on my dick because then you uh, they they do all the they do all the the thrusting. You don't want to thrust, <laughs> burn calories. You need those. Crap. Crap. Is crap. We'll be back next week profiling Dusty Roads. Bye bye. Nope. They say the four horsemen rule wrestling. Well, they do. They rule it the same way Kevin Sullivan does, by jumping people from behind. You know, first of all, I did not win this championship by jumping anybody from behind. Now, you know me a little better than that, and I cannot believe that came from your mouth. Now, Sting comes out here talking about how I have always dwelled in someone else's shadow. It's true, my father taught me a lot. It's true, Dusty Rhodes taught me a lot. But I got where I am today on my own. I have come into my own. Let me tell you something, Sting. I've got more time taping up in the dressing room than you have ring time. So let me tell you what. When you get ready for any match with me, you had better make sure you got your boots laced extra tight and you're taped up extra good because I'm going to bring you the match that you never expected of me because you simply don't have the experience to judge anybody. What I'm going to do is bring a match to you and prove to you why I am the United States Heavyweight Champion and will be for as long as I care to be. Sting, you tried it with the World Heavyweight Champion. You came up short. The United States Heavyweight Championship is something that you will not take. I am the best at what I do. I am the master ring technician, and when it comes to brawling, I can do it better than anybody else. So you keep that in mind, and you lay in bed at night, stare at the ceiling, and think about that while you're howling at yourself and beating on your chest. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the United States Heavyweight Champion, Barry Wyndham and J.J. Dillon.